ladies and gentlemen, the following episode is scheduled for one fall. Coming down the aisle are your hosts of In The Click, Baby Huey and Brian Pronick. What's up, everybody? Baby Huey here, and joining me once again is my tag team partner, Brian Tronic. How's it going, man? It's going good, man. We're back. We didn't take very long this time. Back again. <laughs> yes, Clicksters, I hope you appreciate this. We're uh, back again with another episode of In The Click. Uh, no long breaks in between. We're trying to get back into the groove of things. Like We're making progress. Uh, yeah, man. You know, baby steps. No pun intended yes. since, you know, Brian, you have a, a newborn baby at your place. <laughs> That's a good <laughs> which one. Is a, which is a big reason, you know, for, for your hectic schedule, just being a, yep. a dad for, what, the third time, right? So yep, yeah, just right. yeah, your schedule is you know very busy. Mine with work related stuff, but we're trying to squeeze in episodes of In the Click whenever we can. So please, once again, subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts at. Um, if you are listening to us on Apple Podcasts, we would greatly appreciate a five star rating. Uh, leave a review there as well. Share the podcast. If you're listening to us on YouTube, please hit that subscribe button. Leave a comment there. Share the podcast as well. I know it's our YouTube. Uh, stats have been going up so thank you once again to everyone for all the support that really does mean a lot uh but yes brian so much to get into but i will say this uh i i <laughs> uh we're recording right now unfortunately i did not win the powerball lotto because if i was gonna win i would be be <laughs> celebrating right now do you play lotto i haven't had a chance I to don't. ask you I you don't, don't. My, mom, my mom keeps telling me that i should <laughs> Are you gonna go play it? I'm like, no, nah, I don't think so. <laughs> I know, I'm so bummed. Like, you know, I, I made the joke on my radio show on Sunday. Or was it Sunday? Yeah, yeah, because the draw was Saturday and I didn't win. So I did my radio show Sunday. My first break was, well, I didn't win Powerball, so I'm back to work again, unfortunately. <laughs> so I was going to try to use the same the same saying here for the podcast this week. Is that, yeah, unfortunately, I didn't win Powerball, so I'm back at it with another episode of the podcast <laughs> here, which I do love, by the way. Don't get me wrong. Yes. I love this podcast. It's been my baby for a long time now. And uh, Brian, I'm so happy you're part of this baby. Yes. <laughs> another baby. It's your fourth another baby. baby. <laughs> And me, baby Huey, I'm, I'm like your fifth baby. <laughs> I am, yeah, no, no, I, let's flip that around. I'm your fourth baby. Fourth baby, yes. Yes. <laughs> and then the podcast itself is another baby entity that we care about. <laughs> oh, man. But, so dude, that's a thing. Yeah, a lot of babies. <laughs> no, that's the thing. Like, I haven't told you this. Like, okay, so the Powerball was what, 2.4 billion. That's what it got up to by the last drawing. Um, wow. Monday night. Actually, they had to redo it, what, Tuesday morning, or this morning, I should say. Um, so the cash value was, I think, at a billion dollars. So if you take the one lump sum, I believe it was like over a billion dollars. If I would have won the, the lotto, I would, I would probably still work just mm-hmm. to have the job and like benefits and all that stuff. But, you know, I would take that money and I would like go full time covering wrestling full-time mm-hmm. i would make like this podcast like the full-time thing like i don't know maybe try to get like a, a nice studio somewhere and like right. every day we just do daily episodes and i can pay like a whole staff and uh you know have like a a fightful or wrestling ink of like the west coast that's like my goal oh is, yeah 
you know, we have like our own studio and we have like a website, a YouTube channel, social media, and we're just uh, uh, producing all this great content. And I would use that money to fund that. And then that way, like I could take care of my friends and make that their full time job. So it could be something they love doing and they can, you know, do it, you know, as a passion project into like a full career. So See, that would be my goal. Really good, that's actually a really good idea. Maybe I should start playing. <laughs> yeah, you should. So you can invest in this podcast. Or, that's crazy, man. That I mean, is like, a good I would, idea. Yeah, I'd get like you and I, and maybe get like Tim from Pro Wrestling Unlimited, and like I would invest in his website, make it like a big thing. Like yeah. I haven't told any of this. So Tim, if you're listening right now, just know if I win powerball or any big lotto i would invest in all of this and make this like our full-time jobs like that's something i would love to do so i mean that i seriously when i buy my lotto ticket that's why you kind of dream about like yeah sure of course i can go on vacations Mm -hmm. um you know buy a house nice cars all that stuff and also i would like Take all all of you guys and like go all out. Have like an amazing WrestleMania weekend. Like, oh man, <laughs> buy the best seats available, like on the floor somewhere. Stay like a nice hotel, like chauffeur to and from every event. <laughs> like, yeah. go all out. Like, we do all the meet and greets. Like, pay for every meet and greet. Meet every wrestler that we can. Oh man, that's what I would do if I won the lotto. I would like we would have an amazing WrestleMania experience. So That'd be sick. So yeah, that's why that's why I dream about. If I win the lotto, yeah, all the other stuff, of course, do all that, like a new house and all that. But yeah, from a wrestling standpoint, I would invest in all that. Have take take care of everyone, have an amazing WrestleMania weekend, and then also invest and make it a career. So that way, everyone is like secure financially with a job covering wrestling. So that's the that, dream, man. I know. So yeah, so, that's so Brian, it. yeah, please, yo, play, it's only two dollars. Yes. Well, <laughs> so no, there's actually three. There, there's Powerball. There's Mega Millions and there's Super Lotto. So there's actually three different major lotto can I play them you can all? Buy. Yeah, you can play them all if you want. They're all drawing to different days. Oh, so okay. it's two bucks each, you know, depending which one. You can, you can choose whatever one you want to do. So Powerball was the big one because that was the big amount. But Mega Millions, I think it was like over $140 million itself. So wow. that's a good amount, too. Imagine. So. Maybe I could buy WWE. No, I'm joking. <laughs> Dude, oh, actually, if I was a billionaire... I could probably get a group to buy WWE. Uh-huh. Actually, WWE, how much is WWE worth now? It's like a couple billion, right? I think so. Maybe a- Me and The Rock. Because wasn't that the rumor? Ah. Like People think The Rock was going to try to buy WWE. <clears throat> mm-hmm. I would buy WWE. And then I'll be in charge. Set up the meeting with Nick Khan. (laughs) Stephanie McMahon, Triple H. All right, guys. Yeah. This is what we're going to do. I'm going to be champion. I'm going to be the one to beat Roman Reigns. You hear me? I'm going to pay my way to be the top champion of this company. We'll have a post show. uh, We'll have a post show podcast. We'll get rid of raw talk and it'll be in the click talk. Oh my God. That would be amazing. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just. We can, I'm trying to think. We can. What job can we make Phil from the Bullet Cats? Like, what job can we have him do there? That's what I'm thinking. Because I know Phil loves WWE. I'm trying to think what we could have him do. He could be a character or something. I don't know. Uh, oh God, sorry. We're going off the rails we already. Him, we, can have, we, we we can have him do multiple things. You know. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah, I will keep dreaming of that. So yeah, I encourage 
all the clicksters out there yeah play lotto yeah see what happens you know be like us and do something cool with it so yeah brian i i do recommend playing lotto when you can so um, i'm going to now <laughs> <laughs> so yeah I'm, i'll check uh actually here let me bring up the app right now because you know the app has everything Okay, let me hit refresh. Okay, Powerball is now back down to twenty million. Only twenty million. Sorry, 20 million. it's not two point four billion. <clears throat> uh, twenty million is still a lot, though. Absolutely, you could, could start something up. Uh, Mega Millions is at one fifty four million dollars. One hundred fifty four million dollars, and the next drawing is. Oh, it's tonight. It was tonight already. Oops. So that's already happened. Drawings at eight o'clock. Um, Super Lotto is at forty million. So. Yeah, I got a. All right, I'm gonna buy a ticket still. It's, keep hope alive, man. My goal is to win the lotto and make covering pro wrestling our full time career. So you heard it here first. Yes. So, so, <laughs> all right. Sorry. Let's get back focus here. So much to talk about. Uh, the big weekend was uh, WWE Crown Jewel that has come and uh, mm-hmm. uh, came and went. Uh, the big show in Saudi Arabia. We will talk about that. Uh, talk about the matches, the results, our thoughts on it. And we'll talk about the fallout on this week's episode of Monday Night Raw. A lot of things happened there as well, good and bad. And so, yeah, so much again. To you. We'll give a quick thoughts on SmackDown as well. Um, so we'll get through this episode and then. Uh, we're going to try to record another episode where we'll kind of go more with the major news stories. There's a lot of news stories. You and I, Brian, were talking last night. Uh, just a lot of stuff to come out from this weekend, news topic-wise. So, mm-hmm. uh, And we haven't talked to any AEW rate uh, lately, so we'll do that for another episode. So this episode is WWE-focused within the ropes of everything that's happened in the last few days considering or uh, concerning WWE. So, all right, let's jump right into it. WWE Crown Jewel was this Saturday morning, which I don't know about you, Brian. I'm I like like waking up Saturday morning and there's like a big WWE pay per view or excuse me premium live event. It's <laughs> it's kind of nice. Like you know, as a kid, I had Saturday morning cartoons like all of us at one point growing mm-hmm. up. Uh, yep. You know, here in America, so I don't know. It's like the adult version for me. It's like waking up and having something nice to look forward to. What do you think about like? Uh, a premium live event in the morning. Yeah, I have no, I have no, no issues, no complaints about a premium live event in the morning on a Saturday, right? I mean, I know sometimes <laughs> they do these shows on like a Friday morning. Um, but yeah, I oh mean, yeah, yeah, they did something. Yeah, on a Friday too. That's right. It, it, it was. It, it's it's just perfect because then when it's over, it's like you have the whole rest of your day. Exactly. You know? And, 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 and I think and I believe it helps for if you do want to do like a post show or review, um, you know, whether that's, um, you, you know, over over the Internet or if you or if you got to run to the studio and record mm-hmm. an episode with your friends or whatever. Yeah. I feel like those those type of things, it leaves room for so much more to do after, you know, and I know because a lot of other podcasts, they usually you got some that do reviews uh, the night like the night like like right after and then some that do reviews the next day the next morning Mm -hmm. right so Mm -hmm. you know a a premium live event ending at what 8 39 on the west coast yeah that's super late on the east coast so yeah i mean i had no complaints man yeah it was nice yeah have Mm -hmm. lunch and you know wrap up the show and Mm -hmm. uh, be on with your day so no i'm with you it was was just nice it's you know it's kind of a rare thing like we only get that what twice i guess technically three times a year so 
they do two shows in Saudi Arabia and looks like, you know, European show for a premium live event. Clash at the Castle was a big success for them money wise this year. And so it looks like the new regime wants to do that as an annual thing, like a big premium live event overseas somewhere in the UK. So which is cool. You know, I think that was what uh, a 10 a.m. start, you know, when Mm -hmm. that show happened back in September. So, um, yeah, no, that's cool. I'm all for that. So, you know, Saturday morning. And I like these premium live events have been on Saturdays for uh, the last few months now. Like, I like that. In SummerSlam, right? I think so. Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe. Let's see. WrestleMania night one, night two, that Saturday and Sunday. Uh, but yeah, it. I think they made the change. No, Money the Bank was also Saturday, Money the right? Bank was a Saturday, yeah. Yeah, so I, I like it. <clears throat> it. It makes more sense, like logistically. Like it, it's nice like, Saturday, regardless, morning, nighttime. It's just, it's a Saturday night. That way, you mm-hmm. know, for us, you know, who have to work on a Monday morning, you know, we're not yeah. we're not like exhausted because we were up late recording a review or something. I like the Saturday show. It just in yep. general, it just makes more sense. So mm-hmm. I'm all for this to keep it going and all that stuff. So it uh, used to be it used to be like, oh, man, like when you'd watch a, a, a premium live of you or pay-per-view from back in the day mm-hmm. on a Sunday after it was over, it would be like. All right, well, it's time for bed now. Like, yeah, it really was. Ready for Monday. Now you watch it on a Saturday, even if it is later on in the evening. It's like, oh, it's over. Oh, wait, I got Sunday tomorrow. I got some football to watch tomorrow. Like, I'm going <laughs> to chill out. I'm going to relax now, you know? Well, that's also, yeah, a smart move. Like, Sundays is so dominated this time of the year by football. Yeah, it makes yep. sense. Move it to Saturday. It's, it's just more open. I mean, I know there's college football, but it's probably not as competitive for WWE. Yeah, it makes sense. Let take over Saturday nights and make that your thing. And then, yeah, for us fans, we can like process it that night and then even Sunday process it and check out other people's reviews and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And so I'm all for that. So, um, now crown jewel, this show, um, it's the first crown jewel show under the triple H creative regime. Um, I would say overall, man, I think they knocked it out of the park. Like, yeah. top to bottom, you know, we had eight matches plus the Bray Wyatt promo. Uh, so nine segments total. I I think you can make the argument this might be the best show ever in Saudi Arabia. I don't know. How about you, yeah. Brian? What do you think about it? That's exactly how I feel. I feel like this. I felt like the last Saudi show that, that, that they did was probably the best one because it's Elimination it was more, Chamber, right? I, I can't remember. I think it was Elimination. It was earlier. It had to be earlier this year. Yeah, February, where okay. Brock threw Thawson Theory. So. Yeah. Okay. I felt like that was more, a little more storyline driven, okay. right? Uh, mm-hmm. Other than the other Saudi shows. But this one was definitely, um, you know, all storyline. And. I just, I, it just, it just had a different vibe to it, you know. Like it didn't, like again, no legends or anything like that coming back. You didn't have, you know, people coming out of retirement <laughs> like yeah. we've seen, you know, like Goldberg the other ones or DX, Goldberg, yeah, it yeah. was just, or even Taker, you know, like it mm, was just, yeah, 
the people who were on this card were literally people who have been working week in and week out, um, you know, busting their butt to get in the position that they're in. So I feel like, you know, from financial standpoint, obviously they get that big, that big payday. Right. But also, you know, be able to go on that side of the world and, 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 um, perform for, for them. You, you know, the fans over there, they got their favorites. They would, they want to see WWE superstars too. Yeah, no, I'm looking at the card here, and yeah, you can make the argument. This could have been easy, like a, a SummerSlam type of card or a, like a big four pay-per-view card here. As far as top to bottom, it was a you know, great set of matches lined up. And yeah, you're right. It was very much storyline driven of mm-hmm. current members of the WWE roster from Raw and SmackDown. And while in the pra- uh, past, and I said this on the previous episode, Crown Jewel in the past was kind of, I felt like treated like an exhibition as far as... It's like these thrown together matches. They don't really, it, they're like um, non canon, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. They're like, you know, these are just one off matches just to fill the show up because it's a, you know, it's an obligated show they have to do that's part of a contract with Saudi Arabia. They got to do. Yeah. And, you know, like you said, that's where like guys like Goldberg comes back or DX. Like they have like, <clears throat> you know, these, these veterans or legends or Hall of Famers come back for like one more match and, it's just they try to make the spectacle just on that and yep. then like it's like they get through that and then once they get through that Saudi show then they can pick up business once again and, and kind of uh, work on storylines for the next pay-per-view so but right. this one yeah you can make the argument this was a nice card of, of matches that are just based on current things going on TV and so um, for us as a fan, it's worth our time to watch it because we are investing our personal time because this is stuff we, we see that's a continuation from Raw and SmackDown. So I definitely agree with you. Um, yeah, no fun show. Like, dude, overall, <clears throat> from a production standpoint, it's amazing. You know, I know they get paid, what, $50 million from the Saudi government to, to put on these shows. Yeah. And, you know, the, the money is spent on the production visually. It looks amazing. Those drones flying around like for every wrestler coming down the ring like painting uh, uh, an image in the sky mm-hmm. uh for you know either like the wrestler symbol or like a like a silhouette of their look or like an yeah. outline of their look it was really cool so like you know hats off from like a production standpoint it was very cool to watch so um I- i'm with it you was. it's just, yeah, it was very cool. So, um, all right, let's get into the actual matches. So the show kicked off Brock Lesnar versus Bobby Lashley, uh, a match I was looking forward to just because this was like a dream match. I think people want to see for the longest time. And we finally got it at Royal Rumble early this year. And but, it was, you know, it's two big dudes who are very similar in look, size, performance. And even like, you know, backgrounds, like MMA backgrounds. So Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar, it's something I think people have been wanting to see for a long time. And I think we think we're going to get it. But, you know, to give Vince and his old crew credit, you know, they finally pulled the trigger and gave that to us at Royal Rumble. And yeah. it was for, you know, the WWE title. And we got to see Bobby Lashley pick up the victory, which was shocking. And he became WWE champion, which he didn't have it long, though. He did drop it at Elimination Chamber and Brock picked it back up there. But nonetheless, we got it. And. I think a lot of people thought it was going to be a one-time thing. So going into this show, when they announced they're going to have a rematch, you know, what, 10 months later, I was like, oh, okay, awesome. Um, And this match, it was short, but it was very exciting. What did you think of it? You know, I loved it because I think it showed 
that Bobby Lashley could still be dominant, right? Not to say that, um, you know, he was like, like he, I, he didn't seem as dominant as I know he can be, but, mm-hmm. you know, he was a baby face and, you know, it, and he's a phenomenal baby face in my opinion. Right. But I'm, I was so glad to see him just get back to that real hard hitting physical side. It was almost like we were watching the reverse. It was, you know, we're so used to Brock Lesnar suplexing and beating people up and, and just putting a beat and, you know, pounding his opponent to the mat. But this time it was all Bobby Lashley the entire time. Mm-hmm. And Brock Lesnar couldn't even get a breather. The, the yeah. entire match, he could barely even like it's. You would if if you didn't, if you weren't paying attention, you would almost be think like, oh my, did the match even start? Like Brock Lesnar hadn't even finished his entrance yet, and Bobby yeah. Lashley was attacking him. So, um, and it's, I'm glad to see that from Bobby Lashley. Yeah, no, someone I'm with who, you. Someone who's not afraid to you know step up to Brock Lesnar. Yeah, I mean that's the thing is like. Okay, so, you know, Bobby comes out first, Brock comes out. Both their entrances were amazing. Brock mm-hmm. Lesnar on a large scale, the entrance with the fire and the explosions. <laughs> Boom, the pyro. That was all cool. So good. But Brock came out, and yeah, Bobby attacked him, pushed him in the steps, causing like a leg injury, which became like a major story beat in this match. And yeah, he just started beating the crap out of him before the bell started. And then once the bell start, he was dominating, like you said. And it was finally refreshing a 180 here as far as Brock Lesnar being vulnerable and being like getting beat on because yep. f- for years he's the one that comes and dominates and squashes guys and walks out gets a it's a quick payday and he's on his way again he's out his out the door which this show I thought oh great he's the first match here he's gonna do his five minute match be out the door and leave before the show's even over which who <laughs> right. knows if he stayed to the end we don't know that but mm-hmm. but with that being said though this match it was just great to see him um you know a change of scenery as far as Bobby Lashley dominate and beating him up most of his match. Spearing him on the outside, um, uh, 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 you know, throwing him around. Brock got a couple, yeah, suplexes in there, made a little bit of a comeback, but Bobby kept attacking the leg. And so it was just for a short match, which we all expected, it was just, it was still engaging for me because it was so different than what we're so used to seeing out of a Brock Lesnar match. So right. I'm with you. It was very entertaining. Now, the finish, I was like a little underwhelmed by, but <laughs> I get it. So ultimately, um, you know, the, the finish here, we saw, uh, uh, you know, Bobby was heading the hurt lock on Brock. And, you know, they, the ref was trying to do the, the three count by raising the arm up, which we haven't seen that in a long time because they kind of did. That was like a, that's an old school wrestling trope. Mm-hmm. Uh, they kind of did away with that once like MMA and like UFC got popular. You know, in an actual MMA fight, when someone can't respond to the ref, they immediately call it. So that's why WWE picked up on that. Like, or if someone's in a submission hold and it's not responding, you immediately gotta, you know, call the match to yep. kind of keep that realism that you would see in like an MMA fight. So mm-hmm. the fact, so they kind of stopped doing the, you know, raising your hand three times. <laughs> and, you know, if it falls a third time, then you call the match. So. I was surprised they went down that road with that story beat, but yeah, Brock third time, his hand didn't fall and he started like hulking up a little bit, trying to gather the hurt lock. Um, I bet Bobby was tired. I probably holding that hurt lock for so long. That's tough yeah. to do. Wrapped another big meaty guy. So it's crazy. Uh, but so, uh, you know, but, uh, 
Brock was in the hurt lock. And so, um, you know, he went up the ropes in the corner um, and he was trying to reverse the hole. But ultimately, he fell backwards and landed on top of Bobby Lashley. And the ref started counting and Brock was able to pin Bobby Lashley that way. So Brock wins. He escapes with the win there. Bobby got pissed and started beating the crap out of Brock some more. After the match, you know, Bobby's looking tall, walking away. Brock looks defeated, out of breath. It's a sight visually we've not seen Brock like that his ass kicked, handed to him. Mm-hmm. Not even after like a Roman match. So yep. from a booking standpoint, Bobby looks still so strong in defeat. Were you okay with that finish? What do you think of that finish though? Oh yeah, because of the finish, because I knew that it was because I knew the finish initially was kind of lame, like how he just rolled back. And I mean, we've seen that. I don't know how many times we've seen it with Shayna. We've seen it. I feel like we've seen that finish even recently, like in the past month, right? Um, yeah. Well, it's okay. So Shayna, <laughs> that happened with Shayna in Liv. I believe it was. Uh, I'm like spacing with. It. I, I think it happened. No, did it happen recently with Shane and Liv? I know it used to happen to Shayna a lot oh. when she was in NXT. That's right. Um, oh my God, did I uh, think her um, and her and Kari? It, yeah, yeah, right. Those? Yeah, Kari yeah. Saint. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did that kind of similar finish, but that was more like on the neck. Um, yeah. But didn't that happen to Bret Hart too? Didn't happen to Bret did. match that uh, not, the actual motion of of when Brock pushed off the turnbuckle? Yeah, that that's a that's a Bret thing. But I even yeah. still feel like we've seen that. I mean, didn't Punk didn't Punk do that finish too? I feel like everybody's doing that. I feel like Punk did that finish in one of his matches with I'm somebody on, on Dynamite or something. Yeah, yeah, but uh, no, like I said, for me. While I felt it was underwhelming, I get it, though. It's a way of, like, getting Brock a victory. So now it's 1-1 as far as their actual matchups. Yeah. Bobby still looks kind of strong in defeat because he even beat him down afterwards. And ultimately, I think it's going to set up a third match. Mm. Now, where does that happen? Who knows? Is it going to be Survivor Series in three weeks? Royal Rumble, you know, one year later from their first match. Me personally, I... If they could hold off, I would love to see it at WrestleMania. <laughs> Just because, yeah. you know, I'm biased because it'll be in LA and, and most likely we'll be down there for that one. And, right. Well, and, so, and, and, yeah. and also, I think um, if you um, do this match for a third time, now Brock Lesnar is probably going to take Bobby Lashley a little bit more serious. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think he'll, I think we won't see him. Uh, rallying around the ring, you know, walking during his entrance. No, I think he means business this time. And he gets to the ring, gets in there, and then he stands toe-to-toe with Bobby Lash. I don't think Brock Lesnar is going to let what happened to him happen the next time. Yeah, <laughs> There yeah. won't be a next time. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, so, no, overall, very fun match. And looking forward to uh, the rematch when it happens in the near future. Uh, yeah. Next up, it was Damage Control taking on Alexa Bliss and uh, Asuka for the WWE Women's Tag Team Championship. Um, you know, going into this, you and I both predicted that Alexa Bliss and Asuka were going to retain <laughs> just because they won the titles at that point five days early on Monday Night Raw. Yep. It's not the case, unfortunately. Uh, damage control ultimately picks up the victory. But I do want to shout out the ladies because, you know, they're in Saudi Arabia. They got to wear, like, the full outfits covering, like, every exposed skin on their body, more or less. You just, just yeah. That's the rules over there. Um, 
the outfits though were pretty sick. I thought like cool, like they look like superhero outfits because I felt mm-hmm. like the gear all represent their personalities. Mm-hmm. Which in the past, um, if you look at the first women's match WWE had over there in Saudi Arabia with um, Natty and Lacey Evans, it was more or less just like black straight black like scuba gear <laughs> type mm-hmm. outfit and like a shirt over it uh but a now big, they're actually- a big over oversized <laughs> shirt with their logo on it <laughs> so it's kind of nice where it's evolved in the last couple of years well now it's like gear that like represents their personalities and like kind of like their ring gear but just like on a larger scale as far as covering the whole body um but yeah the match itself i thought was really great uh, probably one of their better matches between all four ladies here. What do yeah. you think of how this one no, played out? I agree. It, it was definitely, I, I think it was the best match that they've had. I felt like they seemed a little more comfortable. They were uh, a lot quicker, a lot flatter. I, I do I do want to give credit to the crowd in Saudi Arabia too because <laughs> they were electric, man. From They're always like that from start to finish. Mm-hmm. And I feel like when... You know, when you have a match like this on Raw and the crowd has been sitting there for three hours and they're not as into what's going on, it's kind of like, eh, like this past hard. Monday night, Raw's crowd was terrible, <laughs> which we'll get into that later. But yeah, sorry, oh, I have to cut you goodness. off. Go, but. Yes, definitely. But but um, but yeah, no, I, I thought the match was good and I was shocked by the finish. So I, I was definitely fine with the finish. Because I was shocked by it, I definitely thought um, Oscar and Alexa were going to retain the titles. Yeah, so Alexa Bliss was about to go for a twisted bliss on Dakota Kai, but Nikki Cross came out, interfered, um, uh, uh, you know, uh, hit it. Was it the stunner? Let's see. Uh, you know, took out uh, Alexa Bliss while the referee was busy looking at Oscar and, and she hit Sky. Like that. She hit like that. It was I don't know. It's like a. Like a a neck breaker. Yeah. It's like a, she put their legs on the top rope and then spins. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Suplex, kind of like a suplex stunner type thing. <laughs> um, and then uh, um, uh, Kai k- came in with the cover and you know picked up the win because of the distraction. So damage control gets back to title. They're now two time champions after uh, <laughs> not holding the belt for five days. <laughs> so mm-hmm. had, after uh, a short title reign for Bliss and Asuka, only five days they dropped the title. Titles back, um, so a lot of people were kind of you know complaining about that online. Um, before I forget, before the match, the interview with Oscar uh, and Alexa Bliss with Byron Saxon, TV screen saw Bray Wyatt's logo appear on the screen. Alexa Bliss looked over real quick, kind of scared, and then you know try to get back focus with the interview. Kind of foreshadowing, you know, another Easter egg is was Bray Wyatt going to come after Alexa Bliss at some point, which. Maybe we can save that for when we talk about Raw because we did mm-hmm. see the logo again for their mm-hmm. entrance this week. Yep. So w- w- we could touch on that a little bit more. But um, I don't know, man. What do you think? Five-day title reign? A lot of people were frustrated. Like, come on, Triple H. What, what kind of booking decision is that? Like, what was the point of dropping the titles on Raw this week then just to give it back to the other team five days later? Yeah, I I understand that. But then on the other side, I feel like, you know, with the lack of tag teams that the women's division has, 
I feel I still feel like, you know, hot potato in the championships. One, I think Raw needed it, right? Raw has been needing a lot more championship defenses, uh yeah. title changes and things like that. I feel like it's a double edged sword. If you if you if you don't have the titles defended, then you don't care about them. If you mm-hmm have the titles defended and you have the champions win then you're burying the team challenging for it if the team challenging for it beats the champions then the champions are buried and the titles don't mean anything because the champions who had the titles they didn't have them for long enough so and i feel like i might have mentioned this last time we recorded i feel like we've we've been programmed as fans to kind of not let stuff like it's like Vincent mentality one and done. All right. We're going to have two guys or two teams or two girls or whatever. We're going to have them feud. They're going to have a thousand matches on TV, have (laughs) that final match on pay-per-view. And then that's it. We're going to move on to the next thing, or we'll have them have a thousand more matches on TV again, (laughs) the same exact way, have the same ending. Right. Um, And then that's that. (laughs) I mean, I guess for me, the only reason like we talked about before was, you know, keep in mind, Triple H came up during the Attitude Era, and how many title changes happened there? Mm-hmm. Hot potatoing. Like, Stone Cold, yeah. if I remember, never really had a super long title reign, if I remember. That's just off the top yeah. of my head. I haven't looked it up. Yeah. You know, he, it was for a lot of the baby. Both didn't really have very long. <laughs> yeah, it, it's more about the chase. That's yes. the more exciting story. So, I think for them, I'm just guessing, but, like, <laughs> let them be champ, and then, like, they got to drop it soon because they can go on I that mean, chase again. I mean, look at Kane. Kane won at King of the Ring, and, and then the next night he dropped it right back to Austin. <laughs> yes, yes. It's, uh... I think I think occasionally, if, if to do that, to do stuff like that, it keeps us on the edge of our seats. It's unpredictable. You it know? gets people talking too. I mean, that's the thing. Yeah. I I could see why they made the title change on Raw last week just to get people talking, like mm-hmm. people like us and other wrestling shows online and stuff yeah. that like. Oh my God, there's a title change. And then it kind of, you think about it, all those podcasts that people cover it, they're going to talk about that, give their thoughts about it. It's going to be a buzz on social media. And then, you know, a couple of days later, when all these shows release their prediction videos and podcast episodes, it's going to get people talking like, oh my God, well, this just happened on Raw. That kind of throws everything out the window. Oh, what's going to mm-hmm. happen at the pay per view this weekend? So maybe Triple H is like, you know what? I'll. I'll do a little hot potato in here just because I know it'll get the whole internet wrestling community or all these online shows talking. So for him, it's like, all right, I'll sacrifice uh, a win and a loss here in order to get people talking about it and get people seeing. And and real quick before we move on, and again, like I said, it takes away from Triple H having to book. Because if this was a non-title match on, I mean, because some people say, oh, you didn't have to book the match at all. But you, you know, if you go four weeks leading up to a pay per view, not booking Dakota Kai and 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 Eo Sky in tag team matches with, you can't do it with other women because there's not any tag teams for them to go against. One and two, you don't want to keep having Oscar and Alexa lose either, and you don't want to give them the win because then they're beating the champions, and no one likes when champions lose. You're right. Like, yeah. Well, that, that, that's the thing. It's like you got to get uh, these people. You got three hours of TV to fill. Yeah. And so you need to fill up these three hours with some title defenses. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
it, it's just if not, you're gonna run stale of like running out of you know possible storyline ideas. So I get it. Like you gotta have a title offense at least. Imagine you know, maybe how many every other champion, week. Imagine how many championships probably would have been defended in title that titles that might have been changed if Roman wasn't the champion, right? Or if <laughs> yeah. or if the WWE championship was still on Raw, we probably would have when these. You know, a little over a hundred days Triple H has been in charge. There probably would have been two WWE champions by now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, that's a good point. It's like mm-hmm. I mean, that's maybe the the silver lining with Roman being on this long title reign is like, okay, it's like hot potatoing the WWE championship is off the table because, you know, we got this bigger storyline here. But yeah, theoretically, if it was on anyone else, yeah, it could have been changing <laughs> opponents multiple times. I mean, you'll get mm-hmm. big E. I mean, hell, look at, you know, when Drew was champion, Miz won it after having that money in the bank he took from Otis. He yep. was champ for, like, what, a couple of weeks and then dropped it mm-hmm. to, uh, uh, was it, uh, dropped it to Bobby Lashley. So, yep. it, I get it. Um, and, well, like when we talk about Raw, I kind of see where it's leading to, where we all know yeah. with War Games and stuff, which we'll get into, mm-hmm. which the promo I love, by the way, which we'll talk about the <laughs> promo as well later. Um yes. Um, all right, so next up was the steel cage match between Drew McIntyre and Karrion Cross, Scarlett out there ringside. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> uh, you know a match. I was intrigued. I'm in, I was very excited to see. As we all know, Drew McIntyre is our boy, friend of the show. Uh, yes. I've been on in the click. Drew McIntyre, you know, for the record, is our number one guest. He's been on in the click the most time. So for anyone listening right now. Just know Drew McIntyre is with us. He's actually, you know, Brian, if you didn't know this, he's our third co-host by now. Oh, yes. <laughs> he's been Absolutely. on so many times. <laughs> Drew McIntyre. I should tell Drew McIntyre that when we see him at WrestleMania next year, we're going to tell him yes. you're actually a third member, brother. <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, but I was looking forward to Steel Cage match because I'm kind of curious how it played. How's this going to go? It actually kind of played out exactly how I think you and I talked about in the predictions last mm. week. Uh, Drew McIntyre ultimately picked up the victory, outsmarting Scarlett and carrying across. Uh, but overall, it was a decent match. What did you think of it? I liked it. I thought it was good. Um, I seen a, 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 a little bit of like some new moves from carrying across, at least that I haven't seen him do in WWE since he's been there, even mm-hmm. before when he was in NXT. Um, I think what this feud is all about. And I think what people are missing is that emotion, right? Like mm-hmm. that, the, 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 the buildup and the emotion in the match, right? The, like, I love the emotion that Drew McIntyre and Karrion Cross have been giving throughout this mm-hmm. feud. And mm-hmm. I thought the match was perfect. I thought it was exactly what it needed, needed to be. Um, I know there's controversy online about uh, the decision to have the door. Some people are like, I don't like the door <laughs> concept on the cage. I don't That's, know. I don't, what it's do you been think around for decades. <laughs> like having a steel cage with the door. Like how are they going to get in the cage first off? True. So like, okay, people saying, oh, that should not be an option. Well, so what you're saying only can win by submission or pinfall is that what people are complaining about then like that should be the only way to win well yeah or 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 climbing over i mean i feel like you might as well have a door if you're gonna do that because (laughs) when one's climbing over don't you think i feel like it should be a moment where if one's climbing over and one's getting ready to go out the door stuff like that should make one 
think twice about climbing out of the door because or i'm sorry climbing over the top because you're like climbing over the top it's like ah ah take me longer to climb over the top by the time i hit the floor my opponent's already on the floor because they went out the door (laughs) yeah well it it creates four different scenarios for endings one Mm -hmm. a pinfall a submission walking out through the door or yeah jumping from the outside so there's four different ways a match like this can end um so for me, what I liked about the finish was, you know, Drew McIntyre gets, you know, he's trying to get out through the door, gets sprayed by Scarlet with Mace once again, just like Extreme Rules, falls back, and um, he, you know, recovers, he climbs the, the 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 wall of the cage and starts climbing down. At the same time, Scarlet, you know, who took the key from the ref, locked it, so she was taunting Drew like, you know, you can't get out unless you have the key. So Drew's like, well, screw it. I'm just going to jump over the top and climb my way out of this. As she saw that, she is like scrambling and trying to open up the gate, the door, excuse me, so Karrion can get out. So it becomes like a race, and that's where the drama is. It's like, what's going to happen first? Karrion escaping through the door by way of Scarlet trying to open up, unlocking it, or Drew climbing his way down. So it's like, it's a battle of the finish at that point, which... You know, some people like, some people don't. Some people, I think, rather, yeah, like you said, rather have a, a pinfall or submission. But then there's that dramatic of like, okay, who's gonna who's gonna escape first? That's the drama right there, the tension. Yeah. Um, ultimately, Drew outsmarted Scarlet, and while she was struggling, she thought she was smart having the key. Instead, she's <laughs> trying to unlock it and taking her time, to- or you know, taking forever. Drew capitalized and escaped. And I was talking to my brother Tommy about it, and it reminds us of, like Hulk Hogan how many steel cage matches he had where he escaped climbing over. And I remember as a kid, like you're like cheering. Yeah. Get over, get over the cage. Yep. Get, 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 climb down. Cause he did yep. it, um, you know, against King Kong Bundy, uh, mm-hmm. their steel cage match. I think it was at WrestleMania two. Uh, also Paul Orndorff on Saturday night main event. Um, he also did against big boss man. So like, that's an old WWE storytelling beat of the good guy the baby face trying to climb over and escape before the heel gets out so mm-hmm. and i think the way that the, the way that they did it the way they executed it having um scarlet her first attempt of spraying uh drew and the referee mm-hmm. right and then locking it taking the key thinking that she had it all figured out and then drew being like all right well i'm just gonna climb right and he knows what is she gonna do keep me from climbing She's not going to stand in my way. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So I feel like I feel like it worked out. It worked out really good. Yeah. So for me in this situation, I was fine with it because I grew up, like I said, watching those old school steel cage matches, the blue steel cage, and that's mm-hmm. that was kind of like a regular finish. So for me, kind of reminded me as a kid of like the good guy escaping. You know, and like you said, like we said in the prediction video, Karen Cross did not lose by pinfall, so he still looks strong even in defeat. Yep. So, you know, it's a win win situation for both guys and their character. Drew gets a win on a premium live event. Uh Karen Cross gets a loss, but you know, he still looks strong. So I'm okay with it. Now, my only thing was when 
when Drew got maced, uh, I wish he would maybe was sold it a little bit longer. He kind of compared to Extreme Rules. Extreme Rules, he was like dead, like ah, like my face, yeah. like ah. This one, he kind of like oh, okay, I'm good. Like thirty seconds later, all right, I'm fine. At, uh, at first, uh, I thought, did he like switch the like? It, did he switch the the sprays out? Like, is it some like, dude? Does he know something we don't like? Because <laughs> when he know when he knows sold it, kind of, I was like, oh, well, maybe he. Maybe she grabbed the wrong can and she thinks it's mace, but it's something else, right? And that's why it didn't affect him. But I was like, ah, but it would have affected the referee. It, I love to ask Drew, what's in there, yeah. really? What is what's, it? It's just water. What's in that can? What's in the <laughs> can, man? That, <laughs> you can tell me, man. Drew, just tell me. Come on. Just tell me what what's in there. Is it hairspray? Oh, man. And, and poor Drew. Um, I read that he wrestled that match like sick, like he had the flu or something. Oh, really? Yeah, that's what I read. I read oh. that he was feeling really bad, but he was adamant about doing the match and, and you know, wrestling in Saudi Arabia. So, Okay, because he was sick another time recently, mm-hmm. right? Like within mm-hmm. the last couple months, he wrestled on SmackDown, if I remember correctly, like food mm-hmm. poisoning, if I remember food poisoning, and then prior to that, it was his prior to prior to clash. The, it was his back, right? Yeah, it was his neck well, or his back. Well, earlier this year, remember when he was feuding with Madcap oh, yeah. and, and Corbin? Mm-hmm. Um, it was a neck, and he was gone mm-hmm. for a while, and it was a legit neck issue. And then, yeah, his back over the summer, dude. There's so much to talk he's about with Drew. He's working, man. <laughs> like I said, Drew's my guy. I hope Drew one day wins a WWE title once again in front of a live audience. He deserves it. He's a two-time WWE champion, but mm-hmm. both times were in the pandemic era, a.k.a. the Thunderdome era, a.k.a. closed set era. So <laughs> he deserves a big win in front of uh, the WWE universe. That's all I want. That's all I want for Christmas. I right, agree, Santa, man. Santa, can you hear me? <laughs> if Santa does not grant my wish, I will win Powerball. And I will pay Triple H to make it happen. <laughs> You're welcome, Drew. <laughs> so, so, uh, next up, it was a uh, six-man tag, the Judgment Day, taken on the OC. Um, dude, this was match was phenomenal. No pun intended with AJ Styles, but this match was a lot of fun. What'd you think? Mm-hmm. I thought it was fun, too. It, it was better than I thought it would be. Yeah. Um, and ah, I was wrong. At least oh, I the outcome? I, I was wrong, man. I was I I was for sure the judgment day was going to lose this one. Um I didn't it didn't occur to me that you know, maybe they would keep this you know, I should have known just by the way Triple H has been booking, like yeah. nothing Nothing is over after one match. <laughs> <laughs> well, this match, like the intensity, like everyone was getting a lot of action in boom, nonstop move. When you have like six guys, three on three, the action could be nonstop because someone can get in and go on a burst for like a minute, two minutes, tag out. Someone else could come in. So it was just nonstop movement. So you want to know how I noticed that it was going so quick and nonstop like that was that no one online had anything bad to say about Dominic this time because you hardly <laughs> ever, you didn't really notice him. <laughs> that is true. I mean, 
Dominic being in Judgment Day is probably the best thing for him. But mm-hmm. God, I feel like talking about Dominic is a bigger discussion. We have to save yeah. maybe for another episode. Mm-hmm. Maybe we we still got to do a bonus episode of like questions and stuff, which we'll yeah. we'll do that soon. But Dominic, him joining Judgment Day has been probably the best thing for his career so far. Getting out of his dad's shadow, all that stuff. Like I said, we'll save that for a bigger talking discussion. But um, like I said, this match was a lot of fun. Um, but I was surprised because, you know, OC were saying, okay, we got to find a woman to stop Rhea Ripley. Mm-hmm. I thought they were going to bring that person out at Crown Jewel. Spoiler alert, it actually happened on Raw, which we'll get into later. But, um, Ultimately, Rhea Ripley got involved. So Rhea Ripley, by the way, shout out to her. Ultimate troll coming out. Uh, I mean, troll, not like troll, not like looking anything. I'm talking about trolling against uh, uh, oh, yeah. uh, trolling against Beth Phoenix coming out with the same hairdo like her, you know, mocking <laughs> Beth Phoenix after she took her out with the concerto last month, at Extreme Rules. But it's cool. Rhea Ripley comes out with Beth Phoenix's hair and she's like I'm trying to pay homage to her but in reality we all know she took her out so mm-hmm. that, that was kind of a cool like jab at Beth Phoenix um, you know but we saw you know uh, uh, the OC got some suplexes in um, AJ was trying to capitalize but Rhea uh, stopped AJ Styles on the apron um, and then Balor back in the ring got the uh, you know the coup de craw and picked up the win so Judgment Day wins by way of Rhea Ripley's helping out you know, simple booking. It's like, okay, Judgment Day won with the numbers game because Rhea Ripley got involved and, you know, cost AJ uh, on the apron, you know, preventing mm-hmm. him from doing it. Was it the uh, phenomenal forearm? Yep. So, yeah, Judgment Day wins. So, yeah, dude, they, Triple H has really done a, a great thing as far as fixing Judgment Day, you know, building them back up, and they're picking up quality wins again. So, good on them. Um, we'll talk more about what next happened for them on Monday Night Raw. A, a big story beat happened there, which I was very excited for. Uh, next up, the Battle of the Giants, or I guess technically a giant and a monster. Braun Strowman against Omos. <laughs> Battle of the two big big men currently in WWE. Now, okay, full disclaimer, we're recording this on a Tuesday night. I know a lot has come out news-wise concerning Braun Strowman and his tweets and whatnot. We'll save that for the next episode of the podcast in the the clickbait news. For right now, we're just going to focus on talking about the match here. Now, the match itself was a lot of fun. It was great. It was was a great match. It was, I think, exceeded a lot of people's expectations. What'd you think? It definitely did. And, you know, Omos had a little bit of a coming out party, you know, um, looked big felt big for the first time and and when i say that i mean in terms of like he just didn't he didn't seem like he was in the way right like he just mm-hmm. he felt like he was he 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 felt like he belonged and he was in the in the right place it's like i said i might have mentioned it on the last episode we did it's crazy seeing braun Strowman up next to omas you know someone so much bigger than him Uh because we've always looked at braun as like this big guy and that's been his persona monster among men monster of all monsters right Uh, get get these hands i mean omas was in there talking talking trash to him you know he was slapping him around throwing him around showing that um, huey we text you know during the match showing that personality and and that's one thing that I felt like he really needed. It might have bought him some time. <laughs> Honestly, it, might, well, it really might have. 
And you know his ring gear. You also were excited yes. for. Yes, I mean, it, for him to come out there and actually have ring gear instead of like bouncer club jeans and a. T- <laughs> and a I totally t- forgot that you know he was the 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 fight. I was gonna say fight club security, but uh, what was that? The thing with Shane McMahon, the underground, underground raw underground, raw underground, the Fight Club. Yeah, yeah. And the, he was the bouncer for Shane McMahon. Like, yep. that and even like, then, they had an encounter during Raw Underground also, but I just forgot about it. You know, that's right because Braun came. In mm-hmm. and he was the bouncer and he looked at him. I forgot about that. <laughs> God, was it like two years ago now? Was that? Yeah, because that was yeah. Thunderdome era. That was a wow. Shane McMahon idea. God, God trying, I cannot was, wait. Trying everything, <laughs> I cannot wait either for like Brian Zane wrestling with regret or someone do like a whole video on YouTube just talking about the Thunderdome era, mm-hmm. like the highlights, the lowlights of that time period. Yep. There's so much to talk about, like maybe the top moments, Raw Underground, WrestleMania, ambulance matches. There's so much from the Thunderdome yeah. era. Yeah, from a, from, a, from a what worked, what didn't, and what could have potentially worked like that maybe they didn't do too. Like that's, I feel like that's something that we can talk about. C- cinematic matches. I mean, there was that one match uh, with Ricochet and John Morrison that they're able to film because mm-hmm. without a crowd there, they're able to film them going, you know, flying over uh, Ricochet, flying off the ropes, off the yep. Morrison on, on the wall and flying backwards. And, you know, there was probably a mat on the other side that they fell on. But you could do that because there's no crowd there. Uh, anyway, sorry, not to go off on a tangent on the Thunderdome era. I'm sure a lot of people are like, I'm trying to forget about that time, that, that era. <laughs> I seen a tweet recently. I seen a tweet recently of someone saying, "Oh, I missed the Thunderdome era," and then the what? replies, were, the replies were like, "Are you crazy?" <laughs> Jesus Christ, are you drunk? Come on. Um, no, but the match itself, like I said, I'm with you. Omos finally having some ring gear. It kind of just builds up, adds to his personality. He doesn't look yeah. so just plain with just the mm-hmm. black tank top and pants. Um, but yeah, in the beginning, I love, I'm a sucker for old school, like the test of strength, two big men, test of strength, trying to put their arms out and, you know, back and forth, who is stronger. I like mm-hmm. that, which makes sense. You do that with big, big meaty guys like this, but also I really enjoyed, you know, like Omos dominated most of this match. So very much like Brock Lesnar getting dominated by Bobby Lashley, Braun Strowman got dominated by Omos. So it was just nice to see something different. Yeah. And like you said, for Omos, you know, he was kind of talking crap to Braun as well. Like, come on, man. Are you stronger than me? Like, you know, tell him, like, grab my hand. Let's go. So mm-hmm. Omos with the ring gear, talking smack in the ring. Like you said, he finally showed some character, some personality which was mm-hmm. good. Thank God. Now, granted, MVP wasn't there. He's written off uh, on SmackDown a couple days before or the, the taping the week before. Braun took him out with the three power slams. But I think it was it Raj Geary from uh, Wrestling Inc. said he couldn't go to Saudi Arabia because he was Muslim. Uh, doesn't um, turn atheist. He turned atheist, yeah. Mm-hmm. So he he doesn't um, not celebrate what's practice Muslim anymore. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, so it, and that's a crime over in Saudi Arabia. So yeah, MVP can't enter the country. Yeah. So that's that's kind of scary. Cra- he, I feel like he was there before recently, though, wasn't he? Did he convert recently? Then maybe, maybe? he might have. have to ask him. I have to ask him. I would love to he interview might've. MVP. 
He is a former APW Universal Champion. So here in the Bay Area, he is royalty out here. I'm just saying. So, um, no, but MVP. (laughs) MVP, dude. Yeah. Money. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Um, But no, Omos was dominated, but, um, you know, he was manhandling Braun Strowman in the ring. Um, But Braun was able to set him on the outside on the announcer's desk. Um, Omos flattened Strowman off the lariat, but back in the ring, Braun somehow got the running power slam, picked up the win. So Braun does pick up the win at the end. Good for him. He needed the win. Omos, though, where does he go from here? Now, granted, as you said, bought him some time as far as he's got some ring gear. He's got a little more personality. So there's something there to work with from a character standpoint. But where does he go? Like, I I feel like Omos needs... um, it's tough because now he can't be babyface now because like Strowman's a babyface, right? They're, yeah, is they're both are they they're both on the same brand right now, right? Like Omos well, is, is on SmackDown? technically raw, technically raw still, right? Yeah, okay. but they've been crossing over on SmackDown. Yeah, I feel like I don't know, man. I feel like someone like Omos really needs like that hero moment right like like for example like let's say they did um i don't know if uh, do you know if they're doing traditional survivor series matches this year or is it just i the don't war know games? i think yeah emphasis is just on war games this year yeah like if omas was on a survivor series team and him being the sole survivor you know mm. or something like that like okay you know something something to help his team kind of kind of like a like Dolph Ziggler you know that that remember was it oh, Survivor yeah. Series right when when Sting came and he you know this, I don't know something a moment he got it where, out yeah yeah something that really um because I kind of feel like Strowman this was Strowman's moment like this was his big okay yep I'm back I'm a baby face um I did this and, you know, I had some adversity. He's bigger than him, right? Stronger. Uh, So, yeah, I don't know. I I feel like Omos needs a moment now, whether whether he's going to go after someone as a as a heel or have like a moment where he's just like the hero all of a Mm. sudden and gets a big crowd reaction. That's Um, a good point. Um, Yeah, I'm trying to think. Well, you think about it. They got Braun back. They got Omos. And then, you know, keep in mind, they got Commander Aziz somewhere. I don't know what he's been doing. I would say this. Maybe have Omos in the SmackDown World Cup and have him win it all to get a match against Gunther for the Intercontinental title. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Now, I know people would hate that, but I mean... (laughs) I mean, you know, it, 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 you know, I was thinking about that go SmackDown. Far. Yeah. Hmm. I'm just where? Yeah. What happened to Commander Z? Sorry, I'm just thinking about that. Like all the big men, because um, so, um, oh my god, uh, Veer Veer's tag team partner, mm-hmm. um, Sanga Sanga, um. Um, um, he's you know big man, but you know he's busy right now with the tag stuff. Um, let's see. Um, I think last time I saw Commander Aziz, he was working a house show in NXT. Okay, like, it looked it looked like he was. I thought he was going to be paired up with Core Jade because when Core Jade turned heel, uh, I think for one of the live events he had like came out with her to the ring. 
with who? But then Sorry. with Cora with Cora Jade. Okay. But then that was it. It was like that. I hadn't we hadn't seen him since. So okay. Well, I'm just I'm, I'm just randomly thinking of ideas. Maybe bring back the Twin Tower gimmick. Him and Omas tag and like be big men. <laughs> they take out Dang, Braun but- together. Like <laughs> 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 you know, or or put him with put put him with someone. Um, and have them be in a tag team. I feel like you know. Yeah, it's gonna be mm. tough. It's gonna yeah. be tough. Man. I mean, that's the thing. When you're a big man, you, you you're treated like a special attraction, like Andre the Giant was. But yeah, you are kind of limited what you can do in the ring, maybe from a story standpoint, because you're supposed to be this dominant force. So do you go on a, mm. a tear, beating up everyone? But like eventually, if you beat up everyone, you should be in the title picture. But maybe if you don't want that person in the title picture. Like it, it's it's a really booking big men in wrestling i think is like one of the toughest things just right. from a story standpoint a believable mm-hmm. story standpoint you gotta keep them special so maybe omar stays off tv for a bit i don't know i don't know yeah. let triple h figure it out so, yeah. <laughs> uh, next up for the tag titles it was the usos <clears throat> taking on the brawling brutes man these guys are <laughs> we the ones. Yes, Lusos uh, pick up the victory, but man, these two tag teams have some great chemistry together. Man, what do you think? I thought it was great, man. Brawling brutes have become like I, I might have. I think I said it on Twitter. Uh, Ridge Holland, man, had what a freaking redemption he's had. I know he got a lot of a lot of slack from people with the Biggie injury, and a lot of people were calling for him to be fired, and he's not ready. He needs to go back to NXT. Um, so I'm very happy for him to be in this in this spot. And you know, maybe you can thank Sheamus, maybe not. I think he's doing well, mm. holding his own. But um, I mean, think about that. Sheamus is buddies with Triple H, and. Mm-hmm. Brawl and Brutes get the rub that way by being Sheamus's like current faction. Yeah, that's a good point. I, a good point. I forgot about that. Yeah, I, I really, I really feel like um, even Butch, you know, he's embracing the role. I think the name change is one thing, but I think he's very much. I, I hope people would just realize that he's still the same, you know. Yeah. And and they've kind of turned Triple H ever since he's been in charge. Has kind of turned him back a notch. I know Vince had him going crazy, acting like a child, but now he's kind of like, hold me back, back, hold me back. Yeah, he's gone back to being that bruiser weight, you know, his old self. Um, and and I appreciate it because these tag team matches that they had the ones on NXT, um, you know, this, this few that they've, they've been in with Imperium and now having the title shot with the Usos. I thought it was great. The Usos, they can wrestle anyone. They got yeah. chemistry with everybody, man. The Usos cannot have a bad match Well, at all. I, I am kind of concerned about the future, though. So, um, oh, by the way, Michael Cole, we got to talk about Michael Cole, how much fun he was having during the show. Which, by the way, I forgot to mention, during the Judgment Day OC match, he just randomly dropped Bullet Club, saying Finn Balor (laughs) and AJ Styles were leaders, former leaders of the Bullet Club. Like, just flat out said Bullet Club on WWE TV. I was shocked. (laughs) I think the whole internet just draws drop. Like, oh my God, he said Bullet Club, which was awesome to hear. It's just because for... For so long, WWE, under Vince McMahon's guidance, it's like you only talk about someone's wrestling career in WWE. Anything outside of that doesn't exist. 
yep. if someone comes back to the company like oh they've been gone away for a while you never acknowledge their outside work it's like it's WWE's world only exists nothing mm-hmm. else outside of that happens but here it's like they're finally acknowledging it and so for us as wrestling fans it's like that's cool it's like it's those little things that's like it's cool that like WWE's acknowledging like I know we're the biggest <clears throat> dog in the town in mm-hmm. biggest dog in the yard but there are other companies out there that exist and well and I which, think too mm-hmm. I think too, sorry cuz I think too if you're the biggest dog then there's no harm in mentioning uh, you know some of the smaller uh territories yeah. that are around you know there's it no harm in that at the end of the day no one is going to outdo WWE like mm-hmm. From the production standpoint alone, no one can compete with WWE. Right. Now, so with that being said, I think there's no harm in mentioning other promotions Mm -mm. in conversation. It just helps with the world building overall as a professional wrestling fan, acknowledging their past, them doing this or that in other places. Just for us as fans, like, oh, yeah, it's cool. They acknowledge that. Yeah, I was a fan of that time period or whatnot. So I respect that. And that's just... That's those are little things that builds up more goodwill with the fan base, but and, and, and I feel like it helps get the wrestlers over more, right? Yeah. Like when they when they come over or come back from someplace else, you know, if you just bring them back and say, "Oh, they did nothing," it's kind of like going to a job interview and you know, or having a resume with nothing on it, right? Like, uh-huh. it's like, what what have you, what have you done, right? Like you have you have nothing here. Like I can't go off of anything. Yeah, you know, if you say if you say you're a wrestler, but you have no 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 tape I can watch, how am I going to believe that you're one of the best in the world? <laughs> well, think about it. Like, let, let's say you're a ten year old kid right now, and mm-hmm. you're a fan of AJ Styles or Finn Balor, and you hear Michael Holt, Mike, Michael Holt, Michael Cole <laughs> reference Bullet Club, and you're like, yeah. what's that? And keep in mind, Bullet Club started how long ago was that? Like eight years ago now, whatever it's been. Yeah, I mean. AJ came to WWE in 2016, so he was Bullet Club, what, 2015? So if you're like a 10-year-old kid that's getting into wrestling right now and you're a fan of both those guys, you can like go back and watch stuff uh, when they were in Bullet Club when you were like an infant. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's like you can go back and watch stuff that you didn't, you probably didn't know about that existed. Like, you know, mm-hmm. if you're a 10-year-old, you might just know Finn Balor and, WWE and, and AJ Styles only in their time in WWE. But you don't know about their life wrestling career before that. So for right. a little kid, you can like go back and look up stuff and then fall in love with wrestling even more. So the, yep. the side thing that's it's just good for the fan base. Um, one other thing though that is you know potentially a little ner- little nervous talk. Um, you know, they, Michael Cole also did reference that was uh, Jay supposedly broke his wrist in Europe on the European tour. It's gonna get an MRI on Monday. Has there been any follow up on that? Anything? No, I no. I, I at least I haven't. I haven't seen or heard anything. Maybe they want to get through. <clears throat> you know, with the with the scheduled uh, tag match on on Friday with New Day and stuff. Yeah. Well, he comes out to the ring, and you know his hand wasn't really taped up that heavy. Mm-mm. So it I looked like it was fingers. Looked like it was his fingers more than anything. Yeah. So I was kind of mm-hmm. wondering, like, okay, is Michael Cole, you know, kayfabe just saying that, like, planting the seed, mm-hmm. like, it, you know, not really injured, but they're saying that as a way for a story beat because you know some people are saying, well, if if Jay is hurt and has to, you know, 
air quotes here, sit out yeah. for a while to recuperate. <clears throat> Maybe Sami Zayn can fill in his spot and now add more be tension between. <laughs> so Sammy and Jimmy have to defend the tag tiles. Jay gets pissed off at Sammy for like taking his spot and winning matches as a tag team champion, kind of like a free bird rule. So I kind of wonder, you know, maybe Jay is not really hurt, but they just said that just to create a story beat for a future uh, uh, story idea between Jay and Sami Zayn there. So I don't know. I don't know. I'm just saying, but uh, the match itself. Yeah. was great. Um, um, uh, you know, the brawling brutes in and the Usos going back and forth. Um, Jimmy came back in the ring, broke up a, a pin there, and the Usos took out Ridge uh, with double super kicks before hitting the 1D on Butch. That was like a super <clears throat> 1D, right? Off the top rope, it was. And, so. J- and Jay's, um, his shirt had got like he his legs were caught with his shirt. His shirt had like, I guess he ripped his shirt off, but like, it wasn't completely ripped and it, and it dropped all the way down to his knees, almost like trapping his knees from being able to like move. So he kind of (laughs) waddled over to the top rope. And if you got to go back and look at it, I was like, I was like, Whoa, is he, I was like, he he better be careful. He's climbing up to the the turnbuckle. Okay. Like almost trapped. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Doug, I've definitely checked that out. So, no, but great tag team match here. Usa's retained. And, yeah, the big storyline here is now breaking the New Day's record for longest title reign. So we'll get into that later on. Um, next up, I would say you can make the argument match of the night. Bianca Belair versus Bailey, oh, Last man. woman standing for the Raw Women's Championship. This match was so much fun. Creatively, it was so much fun. What do you think? I thought it was great. Just when I think, okay, what can they do to make something different, right? Um, I'm, I, sometimes I'm like, oh, okay, this isn't going to be that good. But it was good. Bailey and Bianca, you got to give credit to Bianca too. They uh-huh. She does really, really well. Um, Bailey, ever since she's been back, she's been working she's been doing double time like she's been you know trying to almost to a fault to her like almost mm-hmm. not paying enough attention to herself but she's been you know managing damage control and trying to win the raw women's championship on her own and i liked this match because it she literally did it on her own right if i'm not mistaken no 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 damage control at, at all throughout Correct. this match and- so yeah yeah, no, I'm with you. One shout out both their outfits again, ring gear, awesome, look like yes. superhero outfits. Bianca Belair tweeted out she made her. We all know Bianca Belair, or if you don't know, Bianca Belair makes her own outfits. Mm-hmm. Um, normally she makes them at home, but she's been busy lately on the road a lot, so she handmade her outfit on the road, gluing everything by hand. So she really does it all. You know, it's a uh, props, mad props to Bianca Belair for that. Yeah, Kevin Owens, Kevin Owens even tweeted out and said that, that she's amazing. Like he actually saw her when they were on the bus going from, you know, where they were at to the, uh, arena when they were in Mexico, he saw her putting it together, like sitting up in the front, like just working on it. <laughs> nice. See, now that's so Crazy. cool. Uh, mm-hmm. by the way, shout out Bianca Belair, another friend of the show. And Bailey yes. as well. Yeah. I'm telling you, man, like at this point, like over half the roster are friends of the show or, or, or third co-hosts. I'm just saying, right. 
That's why if you're listening right now, you need to subscribe to In The Click. You need to tell your your family and friends to listen to this podcast. It's so underrated. <laughs> we, we we interview all the big names. But um, uh, um, with Bailey, though, you got to give her credit. Mm-hmm. She makes her opponent so much better. That's the mm-hmm. thing with Bailey. <clears throat> Every opponent, you can argue, like everyone that she's faced off has become better yeah. because of their matchup or their feud. They've become better wrestlers. I mean, you look at some of Bianca's best matches have been with Bailey. Sasha Banks' best matches was with Bailey. So that's the thing. Bailey is like that that person who makes people deliver their best matches. And so yeah. this match here was amazing. Like I said, creatively, yeah, you think of a last person, last man, last woman standing match. We've seen it all over the years. It's It's been a, a gimmick used many times. It's like, what can they do that's different? And they did different spots that we're not think of before. Like, going on the outside, having the steel stairs up against the apron, Bianca getting trapped in there, or and then, you know, Bailey hitting the kendo stick on her, and it's like, stand down! And, like, you know, she trying to hide under or gets locked under there the ref excuse me the ref is like trying to count um so that was a creative spot very creative Uh, so it's just it's creative like they were using their resources around them and doing different ways of trying to hold each other down and that was you got like i said watch it for yourself bailey you know ultimate you know trickster at one point they were up on going up the apron and it looked like she slipped and like twist an ankle and <laughs> ref Boy, Bianca, I, thought she was hurt, man. I thought she was hurt too. Like it was her ankle it was her knee. Like this, the one she got injured from, I was like, Oh no. Mm-hmm. But sure enough, you know, when Bianca wasn't looking, Bailey starts charging and hits her, faked her out. Mm-hmm. Um, they go up the ramp. They're at the top of the, the, of the ramp mm-hmm. there. Um, Bailey brings a we call it like a luggage not, or a, it's like an a, equipment box case, yeah, cable, uh, cable cable box or something like that. They put all their like equipment and stuff. Yeah, in. like a stage case. Uh, yeah, hits Bianca, throws Bianca in there. Um, you know, and then she's telling the ref to count. For me though, it's like wouldn't it be smarter? You know, Bailey at the end was trying to hold it down. If it was smart, wouldn't Bailey should stand on top of it? Right. <laughs> Um, I feel like Bailey yeah. was so like, you know, in moments like that, because it's funny you said it because I was like, oh, wow, maybe she should have sat on it or laid across it or something. Um, but in that moment, I, I'm, I figure Bailey's just like, uh, like exhausted, like just, just okay. count, you know? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I get that. No, yeah. And then that makes sense. It's like, she's like, just count. I can't stand mm-hmm. on top. Could better be cool. Like a feet of strength, like. Bianca like pushing her up, bam! Right, um, and then the golf cart comes out. Bailey comes driving with the golf cart. Bianca kicks her out, throws her on top of the on top of the golf cart. They're fighting each other. They were laying into each other with some hard punches. Yeah. Um, they set up the table earlier. Bailey did down by the ring, and so Bianca's driving the golf cart to the ring. Bailey up top. I thought I thought Bailey was or excuse me, Bianca was going to drive. Hit the ring and then Bailey's gonna go flying <laughs> off. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, what? <laughs> but then she slowed down right before, and then um, ultimately she grabs uh, uh, Bailey and try to throw her onto the table. The table didn't break. They called an audible, and then Bianca powerbomb Bailey to the table. So I thought she was gonna try and hit the KOD uh, off the top of. Oh yeah. 
I was like, oh my god, she's gonna do the KOD. But uh, the actual finish though, I enjoyed with. Uh, uh, so Bianca hits the KOD on Bailey on the chair, which was cool. Mm. Like Bailey t- turned the chair in the air. Yeah, like she made it look like she was trying to push it out of the way, but actually moving it, and it actually was a like a little more of a softer landing. Mm-hmm. Did you notice that too? Yep. Like the way Bailey made it look like she was trying to push it out of her way, but in doing so, she actually turned it so it was easier to land on. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Bianca. Put Bailey inside the ladder, like uh, you know, like a like a like a I don't know, like I said, I heard someone like a, like an alligator, crocodile mouth. Yeah, yep. um, put her inside and slide it under that ring corner, so it was hard for Bailey to get out. She was like yeah. trapped under there. Sure enough, got the ten count. Bianca wins, retains the title. <clears throat> that was a very creative finish there. So, bravo I'm, to both those ladies. I'm I'm curious to see who uses that tactic in like a ladder match or something, right? Like mm, who like yeah. slide your put your opponent between the ladder and then slide them under the turnbuckle so that they can't slip out. <laughs> that was like I said, overall that match was so much fun to watch. Like it was. It, you know, th- th- that could have been easy like a like a WrestleMania type match, I thought. Mm-hmm. Like that was so good. Um all right, main event time. Roman Reigns defending the titles against Logan Paul. <laughs> this match has created <clears throat> Some other controversy, not controversy, I would say dialogue online. Um, the match was great, hands yep. down. It was a great yep. match. But there's some people kind of complaining about the booking of Logan Paul, uh, which we'll get into in a second. But your thoughts on this match overall? I thought it was great. I have to say, I told uh, to all the people on Twitter, I told you. I knew that this was going <laughs> to be a good match. There's just no way. Like, Logan Paul is so athletic, and I know everyone questioned the credibility and the fact that he only wrestled two matches and how and why should he be challenging for the championship. At this point, I mean, a- as we're recording this, uh, I think Roman's surpassed 800 days as champion, right? Mm-hmm. How, like, come on. Like, for someone like Roman Reigns, um, as good as he is, as many people that he's beaten and sent back in, right <laughs> to to the other the other brand, the other company. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I feel like, um, why not? Celebrities should be coming in. Celebrities or or other athletes should be coming in, looking at Roman Reigns. Like, I could take this guy out. Okay, so let, let me ask you this. Okay, so the match was like I said was amazing. Yes, Logan Paul. I said this on Twitter. He is an athlete. You can't you can't deny that. Mm-hmm. Love him or hate him, you know, based on what he's done online and his career and stuff. But just based on his in ring work, he's an amazing athlete. He's it's amazing how fast he's picked up pro wrestling and how smooth he looks in the ring as a natural. Yeah, you know his skills, his selling, all that is great. They told a great story in the ring. Roman worked his ass off, sold his ass off, made him look like a million bucks yep. in return. A lot of great spots, which we'll get into in a second. But the dialogue I saw online was, okay, the match by itself, you're just watching this match for what it is, amazing match, fun match. But as far as a big picture storyline standpoint, as you said, this is Logan Paul's third match. Yep. Roman Reigns is champion coming up on 800 days. He's been wrestling for, what, over 10 years over 10 years experience versus a guy with three matches. Theoretically, this should have been a squash match. 
Roman should have just came in and just dominated and just beat the crap out of him and won one, two, three, like in two minutes, if that. (laughs) So I understand that argument. People are saying, okay, the match itself was great, but from a bigger picture viewing, it's like, okay, Roman is, is, this is the longest title reign of like the modern era in the last, what they say, 35 years of what, like the last time someone's had the belt this long was what Hogan, right? Like what? 87. I'm trying to think roughly. It's like, yeah. So theoretically, you know, Roman Reigns should just kill this guy in the ring. No problem. Like Logan should have not got no offense in Roman should have just, like I said, squashed him. But, you know, come on, it's a business. You're not going to let Logan Paul lose a match that quickly. And I'm sure, you know, Logan Paul greeted his match and said, well, I got to look good in this too. I, I'm I'm not going to just lay down for Roman Reigns, take a beating and lay down. I got to look good too. And, you know, the story they're trying to tell is like one lucky punch. So you're like anticipating throughout this match, can Logan land that one punch to potentially <clears throat> knock out Roman Reigns, which he did. Roman kicked out. So it shows Roman is still a badass. Ultimately, at the end of the day, he is in God mode. Honorable, what do you think about that argument between the two so, ideas? So, so here's what I think about it. Um, I feel like people aren't really paying attention, right? Because I thought that same way too. But then when you really think about it, because you can look at it like that, right? And say, well, Roman Reigns should have taken this guy out. Like, what what's going on? That's it. That's true. That's the story that's being told, I feel like, on on the on the low, on the under. Because if you really mm-hmm. pay attention, after everything was said and done, after everything that had happened, everyone who had got involved, when Roman, which we've seen this site for I don't know how long now, of Roman Reigns walking up the ramp with Heyman, with the Usos, and now with Solo, um, holding both championships, you know, or you know, holding a universal championship victorious on top but this time Huey was different it was different this time because I don't know if you saw um after the match uh Paul Heyman's holding the championships yeah and Roman's going up the ramp and he's Heyman's hyping him up he's like you're the best my my, my, my tribal chief you're the greatest I love you all this stuff right and Roman is like he's showing that emotion right he just went to battle with Logan Paul um and he's almost in tears and he kind of collapsed at like kind of collapsed and you can see him turn and almost look like like he had that oh my god that was a close one look on his face he immediately said i don't ever want to see him again Mm -hmm. go to ufc go back to youtube i don't ever want to i don't ever want to see him back here again and then you see when when Heyman's hyping him up and roman's looking at those championships because they were almost they were almost gone, right? Yeah. He, that was a close one. You can kind of see that we're really seeing how great Roman Reigns is. We talk about the 800-plus days. We're seeing how great he is, how great he can be. But in a sense, we kind of may be seeing the fall, right? The rise and the fall. The beginning of the fall of Roman Reigns. Of of the, of the tribal chief, the head of the table, Roman Reigns. Like, I mean, how many close calls is it going to be until someone actually takes him out and puts him down? Even with the help of the Usos, it still almost happened. <laughs> I like that. No, okay, no, you saying that, that's a good point. It's almost like he's questioning his immortality. He's like, yes, 
He's even before, even yeah. before, mind you, listen how mad he got when people were talking about how one punch, one punch. He got the last so upset. Raw. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I, I believe you mentioned it last time we recorded and how Heyman was kind of like, got him. You know what I mean? Like he said enough. He had done enough to get Roman Reigns on that level. And it's been a while. He's had some matches. But this match he had with Logan, he was back in his bag, so to speak. He was he was trash talking throughout the match. He he was he was himself, right? Yeah. And I and I argued the short time without Heyman when he was gone. Roman didn't really seem like himself, but you know now he seems like himself. But I don't know if it, him himself is enough to continue to get it done. I guess for me, seeing that. One, I guess, you know, some people are saying, like, the match should have been told as, okay, like, Paul, Paul, say Paul Logan, Logan Paul, (laughs) he's trying to tell the story of, like, I just need one lucky punch, and, like, it should have been told, like, he's the ultimate underdog, like, inexperienced guy trying to take on Roman. Roman should have just been dominating. Like, Logan should not got that much offense in. But he could have told the story, maybe he's just taking this abuse, but he's not giving up, not giving up. And maybe the, the goal is to finally land that lucky punch. Which he did, but of course, during that whole match, he was landing a bunch of offense too. So I could see the argument there or the complaint of like, this match should have been told a little bit differently. Yeah. But overall, though, if you're watching this match as a one off, just, you know, a casual fan just watching this randomly one night, you're going to enjoy this match for the spectacle that it was and how awesome it was the back and forth. Uh, But I do see the argument, though, as far as like, well, yeah, he should be the ultimate underdog, the inexperienced fool trying to think he could take on this god of Roman Reigns. It should have been one, very one-sided. You could have paint the picture of, of Logan as a bat, a tough guy taking a beating and not giving up, and maybe eventually that one landed that one lucky punch, but that punch didn't do anything. Roman still could have kicked out then. Mm-hmm. Um, but with that being said, I, I the match was a lot of fun. But yeah, I like that idea of what you said. Like he... He was s talking him, saying, "No more YouTubers coming to WWE." And he called that what Mr. Beast and was uh, Mr. Beast. It, it KSI, KSI. <laughs> so that was cool. Um, but yeah, I, I I think that's something maybe people are not focusing on the emotional toll it took on Roman, him coming up on um, you know up the ramp, and he was like questioning that, like man, like he uh, he barely survived that one, and that could have been like a, a big. Uh, story beat there as far as like man like I'm questioning my own god mode like this YouTuber almost took me out so like I gotta rethink things and re-strategize myself and Mm -hmm. it's all in his face I feel like I I feel like uh, you know Clicksters listeners out there like if you're if you're if you know if you're second guessing just go back and watch the end of that match and just look at the look on Roman Reigns face and you can almost feel and then look at him. He's looking at the titles. He's almost in tears. He's like got his head on Heyman's chest while he's holding the titles. And then he turns around and he's like, I'm the man. Like he starts shouting, right? It's almost like, okay, I'm all right. Snap out of it. You know? <laughs> so, okay. That could be a good thing is like, yeah, maybe here starting now on, we're a little bit early, but it's the road to WrestleMania for Roman Reigns, but that road is him unraveling. Mm-hmm. He's got too cocky, but now he's getting, becoming paranoid on trying to maintain this God mode, and that's what's going to break him down. And, and there's like, so much going on in the bloodline. 
right? the Sammy stuff, the Uso stuff, the arguing, you know, and he's like, the Logan started chipping away. And then like, you know, who could Cody be the one to chip away some more? I mean, like I said, that's a whole nother story we can get into talking point yep. later, but okay. I like that idea. That's something I don't think no one's been talking about. So I'm very glad you said that. So clicksters, please remember that. Keep in mind. Yes. The downward spiral of Roman Reigns begins right now. So mm-hmm. uh, I like that, but the match overall, amazing spots. I mean, Logan Paul hit a buckshot Larry for crying out loud. And you know, some people are arguing that's better than hangman page. <laughs> Um, the, the he, fr- multiple frog splashes he did in the ring. Uh, he, hit the, he hit the Shawn Michaels forearm kip up. He had the forearm yeah. kip up package. <laughs> yes, he had a Superman punch. He hit the lucky punch, the the big punch that Roman kicked out of. Yep. That one spot where he springboard off the ropes and he's like in the air flying with the punch, mm-hmm. and Roman's at the bottom waiting for him with the uppercut. And yep. there's that photo we shared it on in the clicks Instagram, which you should be following us at in the click on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, by the way. But you and I were looking at it and it's like, dude, it looks like a shot from a comic book. Like, like two guys punching each other, one at the bottom, one flying. I mean, what an amazing photo. Like, yeah, that's got to be free. Logan Paul has to frame that. Yes. <laughs> like I, I want him to autograph it. If I ever met yeah. the guy, like autograph yeah. that for me. That's an amazing photo. And like, and like I rewatched the match and I watched it and I was like, oh, this is the moment. It happened so quick in the match. But the fact that they were able to cap uh, uh, capture that in a photo, mm-hmm. like that's amazing. That like sums up the whole match right there. Um, of course, the frog splash Roman on the table and Logan Paul hit the frog splash on the table, but he got the iPhone from his, his, his crew, his co-host yep. from his podcast. And I uh, was able to film it. And the video was all over social media, which you saw, which was amazing. Like slow-mo of him going through the table, like for him, the body control to film himself, to film the crowd and then film himself flying and then turn the phone in midair as he's coming down on Rome. You see mm-hmm. Roman on the table and the camera's getting closed. <laughs> Perfectly captured. Like perfect. And on top of the injury, which you know we, we get into with the clickbait news, but yeah, he gets injured in the match as well, which we'll talk about more later. But you know, Logan Paul blew you know everyone away with his performance, amazing. But and, yeah, no, I was I was just gonna say Logan Paul, um, he showed like that he has that passion even in his entrance how hype he was, you know, like just to be making that entrance down that rent, like he's. He's he may not have the promo right. He he doesn't have you you know that down all the way hundred percent yet. But um, but the in ring like it's a lot of people have said like getting in the ring doing this, especially on the level that WWE does in front of as many people as WWE does it in front of. It's difficult. It's hard. The bright lights. It's like playing for the Lakers or the Yankees or the Knicks. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. But, um, man, like, Logan Paul really knocked it out of the park. I was nervous. As the match, like, as the interests were happening, I'm not going to lie, I was kind of like, oh, man, I don't know. Because, you know, sometimes you look at someone and be like, oh, man, he's really enjoying this. Is he going to be able to really focus and come down from this this high of being on the bright lights and insurance and all that and be able to mm-hmm. focus on what he has to do in the match? And it, he he did. He did. Yeah. It's crazy. Well, and that's the thing too. I was gonna say is, um, for the finish though, it was very overbooked. But 
when you got these celebs involved and yeah. you know someone inexperienced as he is with three matches under his belt this is his third match you got to overbook it to kind of compensate all that um yeah. So the Usos come out and, you know, attack Logan Paul's co-host from the podcast. Um, they're in the ring beating up his guys. Jake Paul comes out, makes the save. Because everyone was like, I thought he was going to be in this corner. But he comes mm-hmm. in later, makes the save. He comes in and, like, the Usos are looking at him like, who's this guy? This guy can't do nothing. Jake Paul <laughs> takes them both out, which I, I did roll my eyes. One... The punches Jake Paul threw on the Usos were two of the worst work punches I think I've ever seen in pro wrestling. So I've seen a lot of people talking about it. it happened so fast. Like, I was like, were they really that? <laughs> I rewatched it. Come on. Like, my brother is a boxing fanatic. And so just by, by being his brother growing up, I've yeah. seen so many boxing matches with him. I know what a good punch is. <laughs> Logan Paul, like the first punch, I think was against Jay, and like he literally like throws his arm out, but then falls forward, mm-hmm. and then like he hits the mat and picks himself back up, and then he goes after Jimmy, and throws another weak punch where like he's not, he's obviously not trying to hit him; it's a work punch, but like he falls forward in the forearm. It's like it was just a terrible. Like watch it again if you can. It was a terrible work punch on both the Usos. <laughs> Which and like I feel bad because like it's the Usos. They're they're like two badass tag team long or almost longest reigning tag team champion. And this guy throws these two terrible punches to take him out. So you know it just, it's just not good. Looks good all around. Um, so anyway, I'm just saying it was terrible. Um, it was just like I said, so bad. Uh, but he takes him out. And then Solo Sequoia, Sequoia comes out. Sequoia, am I saying right? Sequoia or Sequoia? Sequoia. Sequoia. <clears throat> he comes out, makes the save, and you know distracts uh, Jake Paul. Then Roman comes in, hits the spear on Logan, and gets the pin for the win. I love how they had Solo come out, and then officials and refs immediately kept him away from from Jake Paul. To me, they never that's touched each other. To me, that's a sign that, hey, we got to make sure he doesn't get his hands on Logan or I'm sorry, on Jake Paul. It kind of furthers, you know, uh, Solo being the enforcer, being dangerous, yeah. right? So I love that they did that. Um, and, of course, they had the Usos standing right behind Jake Paul already. And then Logan hit another crazy move flying over the top rope. I mean, it, it was spot after spot after spot at that point. Um, and, just boom, 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 boom. <laughs> yeah, and now it's like, you know, you and I were talking. We put this on Twitter. So, are we going to see the the Logan or not Logan? Uh, the Paul brothers versus the Usos at some point. Now, I know Logan Paul's injured, which we'll talk about later. But um, I'm guessing at some point they're going to do the Usos versus the Paul brothers. At some point, it's going to happen. Whenever Logan gets healed up, <laughs> you know it's going to happen. I think Jake might have got the bug. Oh yeah, <laughs> he looked totally. like he was enjoying it. <laughs> like I know, like you know, everyone said based on his fake terrible punches in the ring. Now you know his actual boxing matches are fixed. But now it's like, dude, I can actually like not have to worry about actually hitting someone for real and still yep. control the outcome. Sign yep. me up. Yep. So <laughs> you know it's gonna happen at some point. But oh yeah. Anyway, sure. no, very overall, very fun show. Um oh Bray Wyatt's promo. We gotta touch on that real quick. So Bray Wyatt comes out before the main event. I'm sorry, I skipped over that. 
Um, cuts his promo. Uncle Howdy still kind of haunting him or, you know, following him around. I don't know. What'd you think about this the Uncle Howdy? Like, it, um, he's telling him it's like, it's okay <laughs> to wear the mask and do bad mm-hmm. things. So mm-hmm. it's just more just adding to the mystique of like, Bray's going to do bad things. And, you know, we saw in SmackDown this week, like, he was talking to that uh, stagehand guy and said, like, he's having a bad day and he wants to beat his head against the wall and stuff. So I think that was good. That was really good. What what he did on SmackDown, I thought was pretty neat considering, you know, we've seen him in the ring, you know, all these different times. I think the whole backstage segment was really cool. Seeing him kind of freak out. Yeah. (laughs) So Bray comes out, you know, he says he comes from a wrestling family, which is cool. You know, if you don't know, you know, his dad, is IRS. Well, okay, his brother's Bo, Bo Dallas, his dad's IRS, his uncle, his his mom's uh brother is uh Barry Windham, his grandpa, his his mom's dad is Blackjack Mulligan. So he does <laughs> come from a legendary wrestling tree right there. So yep. all that connection right there. Um and you know, the expectations, you know, for him he's always expected to be the best. So there's a lot of pressure. You come from a, a family tree like that to deliver um so um Wyatt said that he was alone that people only cared about what he represented uh he said he wanted to rewrite the ending of his story before Uncle Howdy showed up uh one more time on the big screen he said that Wyatt would eventually go too far and everyone would see the real him Howdy told Wyatt to not take the mask off next time before the segment cut off abruptly so it's like Uncle Howdy's encouraging him put the mask back on and do bad things so mm-hmm. we're gonna see that at some point so it's you know, it's a slow, it's a slow burn for this eventual way, uh, way, uh, Bray Wyatt going on a tear of some sort. So I'm, um, I'm very interested in, in seeing what this is going to unfold on into and how they're going to pull this off. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll <laughs> see. So overall crown jewel, very fun show. All right. I know we're running long here. Let's just power through Monday night raw. I felt like there was like four big takeaways here. All right. Monday Night Raw happened this week. Uh, the fallout from Crown Jewel and the big talking point here: Austin Theory failed cash in. Uh, he comes in and the show cashes in his money in the bank briefcase against Seth Rollins for the U.S. title. So this is a fa- a cash in, not for a world title, for a secondary mid card title, the U.S. title, and he still loses. And now he is not a U.S. champion anymore. He's not a uh, Money in the Bank winner anymore. The briefcase is gone. A lot of people are saying this might be the worst cash-in of all time. Brian, <laughs> I know you have a lot of thoughts about this. So just paint the picture real quick. Seth Rollins started the show, or early in the show, said he had an open challenge for the U.S. title. Uh, didn't have a chance to do it because the OC and Judgment Day interrupted it. Comes out later in the night. Says, hey, it's 10 years of Seth Rollins with WWE. Uh, I want to have a, U, uh, a U.S. Ch- uh, uh, open challenge for the U.S. title. Um, uh, Mustafa Ali comes up the big screen. He says, I want to challenge you because they've been going back and forth. Bobby Lashley comes in, takes out Mustafa Ali. Bobby Lashley comes on the screen, says, I am pissed at you. You cost me my title four weeks ago. I want revenge between mm-hmm. you and Bo- uh, Brock Lesnar. <laughs> I am pissed off. So Bobby Lashley's still being booked like a, a monster, which I love. He's mm-hmm. like, I'm coming down there and coming it for you. So he comes down to the ring. They fight for a bit. He takes him out, um, destroys him. Um, uh, um, um, Austin Theory then comes out and tries to cash in, and they have a quick like five-minute bout, if that. Um, 
Bobby comes back out, takes out, takes out Austin Theory. <laughs> Austin Theory barely gets in the 10 count. But when he comes in, Seth hits the uh, curb stomp and barely pins him for the win. So Austin Theory failed cash in. Seth retains the U.S. title. Bobby looks strong, destroying all of them in the process. So a lot to unpack there. What do you think? <laughs> so happy for Bobby Lashley. He definitely uh, made his uh, presence felt, mm-hmm. uh, you know, with everyone involved in the U.S. title. And he put a lot of people on notice too, I believe. But yeah. um, Austin Theory, ah, there's a lot of there's a lot of uproar and there's a lot of you know talk your, on your son is uproar over. Yeah, it. he's he's angry about it. <laughs> <laughs> listen, I listen. Austin Theory is 25 years old, I believe, and yeah. I, I think he's gonna be fine. Um. This was, I think, a case of Triple H just, you know, because even Triple, I mean, Triple H is getting, you know, a uh, bad rap for this. The, the, the decision on, you know, having Austin Theory cash in uh, for the United States Championship won, right? Like, how do you how do you cash in for a mid-card championship and not the world champ? Like, a lot of people are looking at Austin Theory and saying, oh, my God, he looks stupid now. Like, yeah. he he... He doesn't like, like you said, Huey. This is the worst cash in ever, and I think it's supposed to be that way. Um, I mean, Austin Theory is still young. I don't think he's buried. He wasn't gonna cash in on Roman because he wasn't gonna win. And I know people may have felt better if he cashed in on Roman and lost. Yeah. But what's the difference on? I mean, the title, I guess, to some people make the whole difference, right? Like, he looks silly for cashing in on the U.S. title. And maybe creatively you can pick, you can you can draw up a reason uh, as to why he did that. We don't know if they'll, if Triple H will do that or not. I know Vince wouldn't, wouldn't have done it. Like, <laughs> wouldn't have given a reason as to why he would do that. But I know that U.S. title is being made to be looked at as the main title on Raw. Yeah, and while us yeah. as fans may not may not n- n- believe that, right? Uh, it's still it is. It's the only championship that people can really fight over on Raw. Um, Seth Rollins even just got done saying before the Open Challenge started that you know he brought the title back to being relevant the number one championship on raw mm-hmm. so i mean you can look at that as being a reason maybe austin theory wanted to be the main focus on raw and he knows the only reason to do that i'm giving a bunch of reasons here I, know, I, not- I honestly i honestly <laughs> don't know but i will say this um triple h he had his back against the wall. This yeah. is Vince McMahon's fault, one hundred percent. I know, I know. So uh, Austin Theory owns a very exclusive club of failed cash-in, so led by John Cena, Baron Corbin, Damian Sandow, Braun <sighs> Strowman, and now him. So five total. Um, Braun, he won, but he he called his shot and won in a match against Roman at was a hell in the cell at a later time. Um, so that was a little bit of a except, different scenario. Except Austin Theory is the only one to cash in for a title other than a world championship. Exactly. So there we go. He's, he's so, got something all to itself. <laughs> so from a booking standpoint, you scratch your head because it's like, okay, dude, like from a logistics standpoint, dude, if you're Austin Theory, why would you cash in on a random episode of Monday Night Raw 
for the U.S. title and not the world title, the WWE championship. Why? It doesn't make sense. I mean, I guess you brought up good points. Like, well, Raw, U.S. title is kind of like the A title right now on Raw because Roman doesn't show up on Raw barely, which that's a whole other argument we could talk about. But I guess for him to feel relevant, it's like I need the U.S. title to be the top guy on Raw, which, okay, I guess that that is one way of looking at it. I, I, I do see that. But from a logistic standpoint, it's like, dude, you have the briefcase like you have one full year to use that. <clears throat> you could do like a Seth Rollins and insert yourself into the main event of WrestleMania and make it a triple threat or whatever for the WWE title. You can just hold off and just wait until WrestleMania. And then whenever the championship matches declared or created, you can just insert yourself night of and become a part of the match. So it's like, you should just been patient theoretically from like I said, logistics standpoint, like you should could just hold off and just be patient and wait to insert yourself at a later yeah. time. Plus on top of that, it was an open challenge <laughs> when Seth first came out and was like saying, you know, I want to defend the US. <laughs> I didn't think about that. <laughs> he should just ran past Bobby Lashley and ran out there and save his money in the bank briefcase. You know what I'm saying? Like you could have done that. It's an open challenge. There's no reason to cash in your briefcase. You just sure Bobby was you know beat up Mustafa Ali and was on his way out there, but just run past him, get to the ring before him, and just get the match going. So I see from like. This is why people are questioning Triple H's decision in this. Like, you know, it's a little bit of a head scratcher. Um, You know, we talked about on the podcast recently, like, you know, there was a, was it WrestleVotes was saying there was an idea of let Austin Theory have the the briefcase for one full year and then night of the last night of his one year contract, he's scrambling last minute. Well, now we don't have to worry about that. That's not going to happen now. The only upside is, well, now you can do the Money in the Bank briefcase at WrestleMania, and whoever wins becomes the sole, uh, the new Money in the Bank briefcase winner, and there's right. no one else overshadowing him, a.k.a. Austin Theory. Like, hey, I'm last year's champion. I still have one full year through July, technically. So those two are not going to overshadow now. So I guess they really just want to get that story beat done, just the Money in the Bank briefcase, briefcase done, over with. I just feel bad for Austin Theory because... You know, it's an example. He was definitely a Vince McMahon guy. Like a year ago, what, a Survivor Series last year with the egg, and that was the beginning of him and Vince's on screen relationship. He was Vince's next protege, mm-hmm. and things were looking good through the new year. WrestleMania, representing Vince McMahon. You know, he, he looked like the, the next top guy, the top star. And now that Vince is gone, he's really fallen. And it looks like, yeah, Triple H has plans for other people, and, and Austin Theory's not in, in the. Is not the top of his list, but which I'm 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 confused because Austin Theory wasn't NXT when Triple H ran it, and he did well there with the right. way. So I thought that he would be a Triple H guy. Well, and that's and that's why I think he's. And that's what I said. I, I think he still is a Triple H guy. I don't think he's buried. Um, I just think Triple H knows he's not in the cards right now for being next for a WWE championship. And let's be honest, like regardless if he had the briefcase or not, he, he wouldn't have been able, he wouldn't have been in a conversation to be WWE champ right now anyways, because there's so many people ahead of him. And I think 
Austin Theory has yet to have to build that momentum, whether it be as a babyface or as a heel, because he's been so wrapped up with the Vince McMahon story and the mm-hmm. egg and WrestleMania and, you know, Pat McAfee. Like he hasn't really had a, a feud with anyone mm-hmm. since being on the main roster, really, you know, yeah. and and yeah. so and then the way he got put in the money in the bank ladder match to begin with was another Vince just, you know, go out there and, you know, insert yourself type of deal. And let's, another thing I think people should uh, pay attention to, he's not buried. He just had a match the same night on Raw, and he picked up the victory. He won. Over uh, Shelton Benjamin. Shelton Benjamin. So, yeah. The other thing, too, is keep in mind, I'll say this, wait and see, because we thought Bianca Belair was getting buried last year, losing to Becky Lynch in, what, 26, 27 seconds at SummerSlam. Yep. Then look... Excuse me. Then look what happened after that. She has an amazing year post mm-hmm. WrestleMania on till now, an amazing mm-hmm. run as champion. So, what looks like maybe a, a worst cash in ever for Austin Theory, who knows? In the near future, things could turn around. They can repackage him and rebuild him up, kind of like what they're doing with Liv Morgan, kind of fixing her up because mm-hmm. you know she was a Money to Bank and SmackDown winner under Vince's regime, but you know Triple H is kind of little course correcting her character now on SmackDown. So maybe they could do the same for Austin Theory. And I think the youngest Mr. Money in the Bank gimmick, it's it's just people don't like it. It just doesn't fit him. Yeah. He has so much more to offer than just that. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. But yeah, no, it was just feel bad for Austin Theory. Uh, A couple things real quick. Let's power through this. I know we're running out of time. Um, We saw uh, the Judgment Day and the OC go, uh, you know, have a little stare down in the ring. um, And they're telling Rhea Ripley, like, you know, we have someone to counter. Um, And sure enough, the returning Mia Yim back with WWE comes out with the candlestick, takes out Rhea Ripley, beats her up. And now aligns herself with the OC, which is cool. I'm very happy to see right. me again back with the company. What do you think? <clears throat> she got that. She got that look in her face. That look of I'm back. I'm better. Um, and and you know I'm I'm excited for her. I know that she'll get a real opportunity now mm-hmm. uh, yeah. on the main roster under Triple H's booking. So I'm I'm excited for what she's going to be doing with the OC, and you know even after that. And I was trying to connect them. Like, okay, what's the connection here? Because it kind of seems a little bit of an odd pairing. Mm-hmm. But, you know, technically they were all wearing TNA or Impact at one point or another. All of them. You know, if you yeah. want to make that connection. I was like, okay, mm-hmm. there's kind of a little bit of connection there. Uh, but I like the pose at the end with me mm-hmm. again with the candlestick posing in front of the OC. That was a cool pose, I thought. Oh, um, yeah. So, no, I'm looking forward to see what they can do. And me again. It's nice to see what she can do on the main roster. When she was in NXT, she had a pretty good run there. I know she when she signed with WWE, she was injured, I believe, at first. She had a decent run in NXT. Then when she got to Raw or SmackDown, she was part of uh, um, she was what what's her name Reckoning, part of Retribution. So <laughs> another make good situation here. So I'm excited to see what Mia Yim can do with with uh, the OC. I'm excited for that. Um, mm-hmm. Also, we saw later in the night we saw. Um, um, we saw uh, 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 damage control come out to Bianca Belair and Oscar and Alexa Bliss in the ring. They have another beatdown, another fight. Bianca Belair grabs the microphone and says, "The only way to settle this is War Games." So finally, <laughs> the women's War Games match has been declared. Now we saw the promo at Crown Jewel, which I love. 
They used the Black Sabbath War Pig song, which was awesome. We saw it's going to be 10 competitors, two rings. So it's going to be five on five for men and women's matches. Um, so it looks like it, so far it's three on three damage control along with Nikki Cross. So, okay. So there's four there versus the mm-hmm. three. So a lot of speculation who's going to round out. You know, I, I kind of wonder if Candace is going to join damage control because. You know, we saw she got beat down, but it was off camera. The mic was pushed. So maybe that was like a a, a swerve. Mm-hmm. So maybe. And then, you know, who joins Bianca Belair's team? Is it returning Becky Lynch? Is it Sasha Banks? Is it Naomi? <clears throat> Does Rhea Ripley join damage control? Because we saw maybe. later in the night, we saw Rhea Ripley walk by Bianca Belair and look at the title. Mm-hmm. So it's a little mm-hmm. foreshadowing that they're going to have maybe a feud down the road. Maybe uh, even Tegan Knox. Tegan Knox. Um, mm. I love seeing EO Sky and Asuka go back and forth in Japanese in the translation that video. That was awesome. <laughs> Someone translated. That was great. Finally, I love seeing that dialogue. That was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll have to see how's, who's the rest of the spots are going to be filled. But I love we're going to get that going. Shout out Bianca Belair doing her best William Regal impression of Wall Gibbs. Yes. <laughs> they should have William Regal's son do it. Charlie Dempsey. <laughs> Wall guys. <laughs> so um we also Nikki Cross be Dana Brooke for the twenty four seven tile and then backstage walking like a zombie. Just throw it miss the trash camp and throw it out. So I guess that's their way of retiring the twenty four seven title. Who knows? <laughs> We'll see. So, uh, poor Dana Brooke. <laughs> I know Dana. Oh, poor yeah, yeah. Um, also, we saw the New Day uh, and the Bloodline have an amazing opening segment. The back and forth of like, I mean, they're they're each other's best opponent, hands down. But the back oh, yeah. and forth that was so real, just authenticity of each of their struggles and going back and forth, and you know what they the struggles they've been through to get to the top for their respected tag team division. So what'd you think about that opening segment? I thought it was great. I, it was getting real. The fans weren't really reacting uh, like I thought they should have. Yeah. But it almost kind of added to it, right? Like everyone was kind of, you can argue and say that, you know, maybe people were just kind of, you know, listening and paying attention and really feeling what was going on. But um, it didn't seem like it affected the Usos or the New Day. They were, they just kept going. They were going at it, and then Riddle had to freaking ruin yeah. the whole thing. I know. Riddle <laughs> coming out just really derailed what was like a really emotionally impactful segment between two tag teams. Riddle really derailed it. And I'm a Riddle right on, fan. Right on, right on Fightful Select that Jamie Noble produced that, that match. I'm not sure <sighs> if he produced the segment or not, but... Coming out with Somebody. the bongles and like let's hit the bong, man. It's like forcing weed jokes in there. It's like ah, oh, it wasn't just it was really uncalled for. It was like <laughs> that, like a Marvel movie forcing jokes in there when the emotional serious tone was carrying it just fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the big story is SmackDown this week. It's uh, they're gonna face each other, and not only the tag titles on the line, but just who becomes the longest reigning tag champions. That's the big story beat there. Um, one last thing from Raw, I just want to touch on Johnny Gargano versus the Miz. We saw Johnny reveal another video. He hired a private eye secret video of this person talking to the Miz and pretty much admitted that, yeah, he set up uh, Dexter Loomis to pay. <laughs> he paid Dexter Loomis to stalk him because he wanted to get, you know, famous for it. Um, he stopped paying him because WWE were threatening like police to get involved and investigate this. And Dexter was getting payback. And then we saw Dexter come out him with a chair and Johnny Miz fight. And then Miz used a wrench. I think it was to hit 
uh, Johnny in the head, pick up the victory. So I don't know. I just kind of wish Johnny would move on to something more more serious. Mm-hmm. But I get it. He's new to the roster. <clears throat> Miz is a good like veteran opponent to kind of get him established on the main event scene, the main roster scene for the WWE Universe. So. I'll that was a slide. great finish. That was a great yeah. finish, in my opinion. Him tricking the ref, thinking that Dexter was under there, and then bam with the <laughs> with the with the ring with the turnbuckle thing. That that was cool. Yeah. Um, so no raw overall. While the crowd sucked, too quiet and flat, horrible. Uh, but overall, some big story beats did happen. So I'm, we're on the road to war games now. Survivor Series war games. Uh, SmackDown. Do shout out. Um, Go out your way. Check out Gunther versus Rey Mysterio for the IC title. That was a great match. Uh, Liv Morgan. I like to see her character. We can talk about that later. Her character work where it's progressing. Yeah. Um, and I love seeing Shayna Baszler and Ronda Rousey aligning uh, as a te- like as a tandem, mm-hmm. like a, as this badass uh, twosome between the two of them. So, um, all right. Well, let's start wrapping things up. I know we're a very another long winded episode. Brian, where can the Clicksters find you? Clicksters can find me at Brian Tronic on both Twitter and Instagram. I'll be on Twitter. Follow me, man. Let's 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 get the conversations going. I want to know what you Clicksters think of what I said about Roman Reigns, and, you know, <laughs> the, the the beginning of the end of the Tribal Chief. Let's get it going. I like that. I'm Baby Huey. Follow me on Facebook at Baby Huey Official, Twitter and Instagram at Baby Huey 83. Like I said at the top of the show, subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast at. Just search for In the Click. Follow us on social media at In the Click. In the Click at gmail.com. If you want to email us your questions, your thoughts, your comments, we'll do an email segment one of these days. And on that note, let's go home. And that's the bottom line because Huey said so.